Welcome to Back on the Broomstick, a modern witch's spoken word grimoire, where two witchy friends from way back are reconnecting to their pagan roots after a long period of mundanity. We're rewalking the path of the wise and trying out all the latest spells, rituals, and magical theory in today's witchcraft and pagan practices. So grab your wand and your incense, your cauldron and your crystals, and join us as we get Back back on the Broomstick. Hey, welcome to Back on the Broomstick. I'm Layla. I'm Shell. And today, Shell has opened her big book of the old Coven Day Amorat to an initiation. Let's talk initiations because, you know, I see a lot of stuff online um, and a lot of people kind of going back and forth on what is an initiation? Is it necessary? Do you need an initiation? Are you a witch if you don't have one? So I thought this would be something good for us to delve into today. This is an excellent topic because all of those questions that you're asking right now are the questions that you and I heard 30 plus years ago back when there weren't very many people doing initiations. And it was a hot topic then and it's a hot topic now. You know, honestly, I remember a day and I don't I don't know if you recall this um, roughly, like you said, thanks for aging us about, <laughs> about 30 years ago. There was kind of this unspoken, if you weren't initiated, you weren't real. Almost oh, what do you mean unspoken? It was blatantly told to me on more than one occasion. You know, kind of like kind of like how there's that that hereditary witch issue. If you if your grandma's 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 grandma wasn't a witch, you're not. Bull honky is what I say to that. I am so surprised that those are still arguments now. And we were dealing with those decades ago. And the answer is the same. It's all bullcrap. But but that's the thing with initiations. And, you know, there's different levels of initiations. Are, are we talking initiation into witchcraft? Are we talking initiation into a coven? So I just think it should be good things. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. So let's kind of back it up a little bit. What is initiation? And in Wicca, in witchcraft, what we're talking about is a new beginning. Initiation literally means to start something, to be to be entered into something, to begin something. And that's exactly what we mean when we're talking about initiation into witchcraft. And like Shell said, there's different levels of that. You can dedicate yourself to the path of witchcraft by simply declaring, I am a witch. And now you have initiated, quote unquote, or dedicated yourself into witchcraft. You are a witch. But if you would like to have a formal initiation, That usually comes from you're being initiated into a degree system, like a first degree, second degree, third degree, or initiated into a particular tradition or craft or coven. And so those can vary wildly depending on the tradition that they come from. I I do want to point out that an initiation is different than a dedication. And me personally, you know, everybody has an opinion and a way of doing things. But I always viewed dedications as dedicating yourself to a tradition or dedicating yourself to a deity. And an initiation was more of a quote unquote dedicating yourself to the craft or a certain a certain tradition of craft. So that's kind of how I differentiated. Like I give you an example. I am dedicated to Hecate, have been, like it or not, for decades. Sometimes I've not liked it, but here we are. So I'm dedicated to Hecate, but I've been initiated 
into a couple of different traditions. So I look at those things differently. Yeah, I agree. They are two different things. Usually a dedication is something that you do yourself. You declare that you're going to be following a certain deity or or a certain tradition. A dedication is more personal. It's much more personal. And it's an agreement that you have between you and this this deity or this goal or this idea. And initiation, like Shell said, is more of being brought into something by other people. So I think that's a little bit where some of the confusion comes from. Because technically, you can't be initiated into something if it's just you. Right. I mean, I suppose you could. You could create, and we did, we created a coven and a circle and a whole idea of levels and degrees and training and different things you had to go through for each of those steps and then be initiated into them. And so us as the originators of that kind of initiated ourselves or each other into that circle. Each other really more so than ourselves, yeah. Or maybe you could say we dedicated ourselves and then initiated other people into that circle that we created and dedicated. So it, it, it could be semantics. It's it's a little little bit of a fine point, but I agree with Shell. A dedication is more something personal between you and something that you choose. And an initiation is usually done by someone else to you. You're brought into something. Now let's let's talk real quick about the necessity. Is it necessary to be initiated? My my personal opinion, no. But that also depends on what you're looking for. If you are looking for a solitary life initiated into what case yeah dedicate yourself you're fine right but if you are looking to work with a coven then yeah an initiation is is kind of the path that that leads to that so it really depends on your perspective and what you're looking for and if you would like to be wiccan if you would like to follow traditional wicca beliefs and be alexandrian or gardnerian wiccan you have to be initiated. That is a requirement. Kind of like of a rule. Rules. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, it's like you can't run around and, and just declare yourself a Wiccan because that goes against their rules. Declare yourself a witch, follow those belief systems all you want. But unless you've been initiated into their tradition, and the same goes for other covens. Any, you know, just because we're not mentioning every single coven and group out there. But unless you've been initiated into those circles, you can't really call yourself a member of that group. So I guess the answer to my question is depends. Yes and no. Is it necessary? No. I mean, you can be a witch and practice witchcraft and and, and all of that without being initiated. But if you want the coven life, then then yes, it's basically a requirement. And they both they both have their, their pluses and minuses. Um, working as a solitary has its great pluses. Working in a coven has its great pluses. And both solitary and covens have have drawbacks. So, Absolutely. You know, there's there's nothing wrong with seeking out that that group vibe and and getting that initiation. But can you be a witch without it? Hell yeah! Oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And I think some of the problem stems from the old witch wars back. When we started with witchcraft, there were no spaces really for witches. You couldn't find them. The internet was just barely a thing or not a thing in some of our cases. And finding books was very, very difficult. First of all, there were few of them. And the ones that you did find were like Janet and Stuart Farrar's, which is 
okay, difficult to read. It's not the it's not the easiest stuff to read out there. So the point was back then you were either initiated and a witch or not initiated and not a witch. And that was the stance that most people took at the time. I would like to take this opportunity to give a shout out because the day the internet was born, I feel, was the day that Witchbox was born. So shout out to Witchbox for bringing us all together on the day the internet was born because you know, people our age, as soon as the internet was a thing, Witchbox was there and you could like start to find witches and find groups. And that was invaluable. invaluable. It really was. God bless 1993. <laughs> <laughs> and, and prior to that, in the late 80s, when I was in school, it was difficult. I knew no one near me that was a real witch. I knew some Satanists. I knew some pretend Satanists. You always <laughs> knew you always knew the people who were a little bit different because, you know, I could have said the same thing. I never knew a witch, but now retrospect Facebook <laughs> friends from from, you know, how you always end up with Facebook friends from high school and all that right. in retrospect. I was around a whole freaking group of people. I should have started a coven in 10th grade if I only knew. And a lot of us didn't know what witchcraft was at that time. We didn't know that our beliefs had a religion. I don't think it was until the power of the witch came out that I knew what to call myself. Love Lori Cabot. Right. And then we started on the internet finding like-minded people. And that was the time when if you weren't initiated, you weren't allowed to be a witch. And so I decided, well, screw that. I'm a witch. This is this whole religion is about personal responsibility, personal dedication, personal knowledge, finding this for yourself. There's nothing between you and deity in this religion. And so I refused to let that stop me. I was a witch. I dedicated myself and I went through all the training that I needed to get myself to priestess level, to where I felt that I knew what I was doing and what I was talking about. And that's around the time that I met you. And unfortunately, that's still the time when people would try to say, well, you're not a witch because you weren't initiated. Well, we banded together and created our own shit, folks. That's right. We created our own coven, <laughs> our own rituals and did it ourselves. And that spawned off lots of lovely groups and wonderful people. You know, hey, all you former Amarat souls out there. I love you. I adore you. We should have love a Love you. Miss you. We should have an Amarat reunion. We should. We should. How fun would that be? That would be fantastic. You know, just to see all the little witchlings that Circle Amarat has spawned and uh, all the groups. But anyway. But if you're out there, if you're out there listening and, and, and you're a solitary witch and you are in a situation where you don't have that brethren of people around you. Don't sit there for a second and think that if you are not initiated into something that you are not worthy, because I am here to tell you that is bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Absolutely. And, you know, TikTok may tell you if you're not initiated, you're nothing. But TikTok lies. It lies. As long as you are focused and, and have a clear sense of who you are and what your goals are, what everybody else, their opinions don't matter. That's the beauty of witchcraft. Yes. And the learning, the self-learning. And the, as someone who loves to jump down rabbit holes and learn as much as I can about things I'm interested in, being able to do that for yourself is so empowering. But I want to jump back quickly to you saying that talking about people on TikTok saying bad things or anywhere, red flags. I want to talk very quickly about red flags you might find because Nowadays, everyone is out here selling initiations. Everyone's going to sell you a year and a day class. They're going to sell you 
you know, for $59.95, you too can join my coven. And so I want to put up a couple warning flags that I saw on Reddit that I think is an excellent idea. Oh my God, definitely do tell because, you know, we grew up in a different time where we didn't have to worry about this stuff. And now like there's scammers on every level. They're not just trying to extend your car warranty here, people. They're trying to initiate you into fake covens for $99.99. Right. And so, Shell, tell, this is from a user called Liminal Echoes, which, first of all, I love that name. So I'm going to list off their red flags and tell me if these sound good to you, Shell. So the biggest one is if anyone ever says this way is the only way. Oh, yeah, right. I don't even have words for that. Yeah, so bad. Just run the other way, please. Next one. You can't do this way unless someone initiates you into the official this way club and only I can initiate you. Can I put poop emojis up on these? (laughs) Right? Now, again, we want to put a little bit of a caveat in here for if someone says you can only be initiated into Gardnerian Wicca this way, they might be right. So a couple times you kind of have to pay attention because there are some traditions that are very strict and they do have specific ways, which is a little different than what we're talking about. But if you're trying to get initiated into it, you should already know what type of what you're getting into beforehand. And you should know that. Just saying. Bingo. Always know what you're trying to get initiated into, folks. Yeah. Thank you. That has been a wonderful message from Shell. Pay attention to Auntie Shell, children. So now the other one is once you're in my tradition, you have to follow the leader explicitly. And that's also a big red flag. You should always be able to question your leaders. You know, you shouldn't have to follow just them or only listen to them. You know, that's kind of got culty vibes to me. But I'm the queen. No, I'm just kidding. Right. In this practice, one of the biggest things is you can learn on your own. It's wonderful to be initiated into a group and to learn with them, but you don't have to do that. Yeah, you know, that kind of falls into the my way is the only way category, and I don't like that. Right? So what happens during an initiation? One of the things I saw that I absolutely loved was from someone that you and I both adore, Phyllis Curat. Love her. And she says, okay, what happens during a Wiccan initiation? Not going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that. I'm not going to tell you exactly what happens because that's for the initiates. In a lot of these cases, they are private ceremonies. People always have to like be all down and on that. Oh, it's secret. It must be bad. Oh, it's secret. Well, you know what? Nobody's bitching at the Knights Templar or the Masons about their secrecy. So we're not telling you about ours either. If you get a Mason that'll tell you about their initiation rituals, then I will sit there and tell you about mine. <laughs> and just like the Masons, You can find initiations all over the internet. All sorts of books will have a lot of things. However, I am going to tell you that if you ever get the blessing of being initiated into a group that you adore, there's something to be said for the mystery and the wonder and the magic and the beauty that goes into these rituals and into the unknown because you are being brought into this space that you haven't been in before. You're going from an initiate to first degree. You're being pulled up into this magical space and going from one to the other is an experience. And it's it's a wonderful thing to go through. And so having some things remain a mystery and be part of that magic is fantastic. And to kind of quell the, the anxiety in folks, let me also add this to that. 
you know, if you are working with a group and you are looking to get initiated into a group, then you should have the foundation of trust to be okay with not knowing. Also, you should have the personal wherewithal that in any situation, whether it's initiation or not, whether it has anything to do with witchcraft or not, you should have the personal wherewithal that if you are not comfortable and you get a bad vibe, you duck and run no matter what, period. But if you are in a situation where you are trying to get initiated, you should have that that bond and that trust to be able to be okay with not knowing. Now, we all have Wiccan DNA. We just do. Paganism has a big streak of Wiccan DNA in it. We have to just say that it does. Our circles, our quarter calls, Buckland's Big Blue Book. I still have that. Yeah. It was a huge influence on our lives. I still recommend it to people because the foundations are solid and they're right there. But they're Wiccan. They're Wiccan based. And a lot of things are. So you're going to encounter a lot of similarities no matter what type of pagan witch group you get involved in or what you're called to, they're going to have a lot of similarities. So some of the things that you can expect when you find a group are, first of all, you'll most likely be asked to do like a soft dedication, like join the group for a year and a day. And they'll do a very small welcoming ceremony, a dedication type ceremony where you're initiated and brought into the group. But it's not a big mystery. It's not a big initiation ceremony. It's a, hey, welcome. You know, you've expressed interest. We like you. You like us. We're letting you infiltrate the friend group. Yeah. So a lot of times you'll have maybe a new name. Maybe you'll choose a coven name for the group or your learning name for that year and a day time. You know, you'll spend your time as a, a page, an initiate, an acolyte, a dedicant, you know, someone who is learning for that time period. A student is a good word I like to use. A student. Yes, a student. It's perfect. Exactly what you are. Usually those people in a group are very permeable. They'll come in and out. Some people will decide it's not for them. Some people will stick it out and they're kind of like the helpers. You know, they help the coven. They bring things. They come to all the rituals, all the espits, all the sabbats, but they might not be involved in making any rules or just making any decisions. And then after that year and a day, if you so choose to join the coven and you pass whatever. Then it's like, you know how I am with my analogies. Then it's like, meet the fuckers. You are either in the inner circle or you're out of the inner circle. So like. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, so, so when, when you first come in, you know, you're kind of in the outer circle. And then after that year in a day, you get in Robert De Niro. Is it Robert De Niro? In your inner so. circle from Meet the Fockers, you're in the circle. Yeah, exactly. And then you have your initiation, which hopefully is not as traumatic as whatever <laughs> they went through on that movie. But then you have your initiation ceremony, and it's more serious than your, your dedication to the group. And, it, and you really are saying, I'm binding myself to this tradition, to this group, and right. you, you get your first degree. And that's usually a much weightier ceremony. And it will involve casting circle, calling quarters, calling deity, and going through some sort of mystery usually. Because a lot of these initiations involve, you're changing, you're fundamentally changing, you, you're recognizing that you have learned and that you have grown over this time period. And now you're entering a whole nother phase. And a lot of times for us, it would involve taking a new name, maybe rededicating to a different deity for that year and a day to study with and to study under. 
it would involve sacrifices in time, in having to go to classes, in learning with your group. Community service. Exactly. Community service with the coven, with your actual community, with your pagan community. And so these things are all part of getting to know this group. Like Shell said, you shouldn't go into any of this blind. You should know the people that you're with. I mean, there's no reason to jump into something and, and make all these promises that an initiation implies to some stranger on the internet that you will only know because you gave them your credit card information. And, you know, wanting to know all the details of an initiation is kind of where our society has turned to instant gratification. I want to know and I want to know now. Well, if you want to know, put in a year and a day work like Layla and I had to do to find out. I didn't know what was going to happen until after I did all that work and got to the point where I was going to find out. It's not an instant gratification thing. You know, part of the mystery is part of earning it. That's true. If you're someone like me, I only ever did dedications myself. I did have a ceremony into, into Amrat. I didn't feel that I needed to redo it for a group because I very much felt that my self-dedications were very valid and I didn't, I didn't want to invalidate that. As much as I love and loved the coven at that time, it was very much a fight for me to say, to, to be in these pagan spaces and say, yes, I was a solitary for a very long time. I knew no one. <laughs> I had to do this myself. I had to learn this myself. And so I didn't want to give that up at the time. Now I'm a lot more flexible and I'm like, eh, yeah, I would love to have an initiation. So if I ever did it again, like in the group that I'm in now, I have kind of soft dedicated myself to this local coven and I'm going to rituals with them. And I don't know where I'll be or if I'll be in this area to get initiated into their inner circle. They don't do degrees. They have inner and outer circles. So I don't know if I'll do that or not, which is the whole purpose of like that first soft layer. You, know? you don't have the instant gratification of knowing the future of that. I don't. And I would love to because these are very magical women. I love working with them. I'm having an excellent time. And, and even just having that initial welcoming initiation changes things like it feels different. You know, I, I've met them a couple of times. We've worked together a couple of times, but it was that initial you're in the group now and you feel like all shiny and happy. You know, you were like that, a like, Fokker. I was like a Fokker. Now I'm in, I am in the circle. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's a good thing to talk about though, is um, now you have had a very powerful initiation in the circle on Marat Coven. And did you feel differently afterwards? Like, can you tell anything about that? Well, you know, I kind of did a, a couple different things. If you recall you and another did a initiation for me way back, way, way before, before Amrat. That's way true. Before Amrat. And I think that was probably more moving than the Amrat one. And I'll tell you why. And I'm not trying to take anything away from the Amrat one. I was just more of the weirdo growing up. And that first one with you and that other person was kind of a there is something there that you do belong to and are a part of. You're not just the weirdo in the neighborhood who's not going to Awana or CCD, you know? You know what I mean? It was like that first recognition yeah. that, A, I'm not the only one. B, I'm not some freak. C, I'm also not a devil worshiper. It was just <laughs> That's more, a big one. <laughs> yeah. It was just more meaningful. Deep. 
And, you know, in retrospect, maybe that other person wouldn't have been the greatest choice for me. You obviously were. But in the moment, more more profound than, I mean, with Amra, it was that coming together of a group, which is a whole different awesomeness. Um, but that that original one was just kind of the acknowledgement. I loved being part of that. And even if the other person, we all need to confront our shadow selves. And sometimes that comes in the form of another person and the lessons that they bring us. And so I think that makes it even more powerful that you had both a light and a dark presence bringing you in. Oh, lessons were learned. (laughs) And you had that balance of both of those sides of the goddess kind of bringing you into the fold, you know, and we need to pay attention to those things. And that's a big part of initiation is it's not all fluffy rainbows and light. There are going to be dark sides. And maybe we didn't realize at the time how dark she was, but you know, that it's very symbolic because that is a truth. You know, you have to confront who you are, the good and the bad. You can't ignore any part of who you are, especially for a magical initiation. Well, and also, you know, I'm a Gemini, so it probably worked out that I had such extreme good and bad doing this because of my Gemini-ness. That's a good way to put it. But yeah, so I would have to say that was very much more profound than the other just for the timing and, and that sort of thing. I love that. And it's really cool that you mentioned too, that they were different and they were for different reasons. Like, Oh, absolutely. The one was like your initiation into witchcraft, which you'd been studying for a while, but it was a a celebration, an explosion, an acknowledgement, an acknowledgement, an opening and offering. It was the other was a coven, which is a different vibe and a different type of initiation, which was equally awesome. But you made me choose which one was more profound. So I had to. I didn't mean to, but I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> but yeah, the, the Amarat one was about bringing people together and about starting this new adventure together. And right. So I, there can be initiations and dedications for all sorts of things. And, you know, I, I really liked our tradition of taking a new name because names are so important and what you call things are so important. So a big thing for me was whenever I would dedicate myself or do an initiation, something big like that, I would take a magical working name for that time period. And that would really help me to kind of connect with that deity or with that energy that I was trying to work with for that time. So there's lots of different types of initiations. You can get initiated for so many different reasons, but it is a profound thing. It is a wonderful, amazing transition. It's a great way to start something new to say, I am a new person. I'm starting a new phase in my life, whatever you want to do with it. I think, is it necessary? No. But if you ever had the opportunity, it is great. And also, honestly, it is great to be a part of something and be a part of a group. And, you know, like I previously said, there are bonuses to be in a solitaire, but there are bonuses to be in a part of a group and having that group energy and that group mindset If you have the opportunity, jump. To quote someone named Coyote, I'll have to say, it's difficult to sing lead and harmony vocals all by yourself. And dancing is different with a partner. Doing a spell or a ritual with the whole coven behind you also feels quite different. Preach it. Right? I have to agree with that quote. Being a solitaire was wonderful. It was a great learning experience. Being part of a coven, starting a coven also great learning experiences. So I think you should definitely try them all. See what works best for you, but watch out for the warning signs. But, you know, for sure, take advantage of all the wonderful things that it has to offer. And, you know, if you're in a remote place, 
because um, you know we've got listeners all over the world. If you're in a remote place, there are valid online covens that are wonderful and flourishing. You just have to be able to um, differentiate kind of the scams from the real deal. But there are wonderful online covens that you can seek out. So on that note, thank you so much for joining us on Back on the Broomstick. And uh, so we'll see you next week on Friday. Keep it witchy.